At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSN, the sports betting network. Thanks to Matt Humans for joining me, our senior editor here at VSN. Of course, you read them in Point Spread Weekly. And if you uh, have not gotten your hands on an edition of this week's Point Spread Weekly, be sure to go to VSN.com. Make sure that you do. Uh, subscribe. We got great deals, great offers going on right now. You get point spread weekly every single week, and and it's just such a big help when it comes to uh, betting. And when it comes to the golf, humans is on point. And last week didn't hit, but uh, other our other guys, Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon, had Tom Hoagie. Let's see if we can nail a golf winner this week. Uh, two weeks ago, we came very close. Zalatoris lost in a playoff. That was heartbreaking. Uh, this week, we look at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is a very fun event. TPC at Scottsdale, the 16th hole, as I mentioned before, has the, the crowd going insane, making noise. It's not your typical, uh, you know, shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. It's rowdy. It's like a scene from Happy Gilmore, and everyone just enjoys themselves. It's a huge, huge party. So who is going to win this event? Uh, John Rahm obviously is the betting favorite. <laughs> the guy is ridiculous. Um, but when it comes to this event, there are other players that have um, have a chance to win, okay? And some of the guys that Matt Newman said are Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Sam Burns, and Hideki Matsuyama. That's who uh, he likes in this event. Up on DraftKings right now, if we can pull up the odds, you have Jordan Spieth at plus 1,600. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is at plus 2,200. Sam Burns, plus 3,000. And Hideki Matsuyama, plus 1,400. So those are the, the ones that uh, Humans has quoted here. Last year, it was Brooks Kepka. Who won the event? Uh, the year before that, Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler in 2019, Gary Woodland in 2018, and then Hideki Matsuyama, back-to-back wins in 2016 and 2017. Back-to-back wins for Hideki Matsuyama, so he knows the course well. You know, he's won here back-to-back years. Uh, kind of the scores are kind of have been what they need to be. Like these players are on... Uh, they know what they need to score. Last year, Kepko was 19 under. He won. Webb Simpson and Ricky Fowler both were 17 under when they won. Gary Woodland won at 18 under. 
Matsuyama won at 14 under and 17 under. So over the past several years, the past five years, that's been the trend. If you can be between 17, 18, 19 under, that's what's going to win this event. Uh, I look at Justin Thomas as a guy that I'm going to be backing here. He's plus on DraftKings, plus 1,000. He's actually the second favorite up on DraftKings. So unless you find the better odds somewhere else, not a lot of value there. Uh, but he has uh, been playing really, really well, but he hasn't won since last March. So he's due for a win. And here's some interesting stats when it comes to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. 10 of the last 11 winners of the Waste Management Phoenix Open had a had finished seventh or better in one of their last five starts on this course. In his past four starts in this course, Thomas finished third twice. Okay? Also, nine of the last 10 winners of this event had won a major or a player's championship. And Justin Thomas has won both. So he qualifies into that category. He's had top 20 finishes in his past five starts, three top threes, and uh, this could be, um, you know, possibility for him to win this and at plus 1,400, you know, not bad. So uh, we'll see. He's plus 1,000 on DraftKings. Look elsewhere, see if you can find maybe uh, some better odds there. But I like Justin Thomas. He'll be my chalky bet for this weekend, and then I'll go with uh, some of the longer shots that um, that Matt Humans gave out. Maybe another longer shot here. Let's see. Um, hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find like a good one that we're talking about, like beyond four thousand. Like, how about you know, could Tom Hoagie win back-to-back events? He's plus sixty-five hundred. Luke List, who won a couple of weeks ago, he's at plus six thousand. Ricky Fowler is plus eight thousand. Now, Fowler won this event in 2019. Could he actually play up to form and win this event this year? At that, You want to talk about a long shot? <laughs> you want to talk about a long shot. That is a really long shot sleeper pick. Ricky Fowler. And you know what? I might just have to do it. It's probably burning money, but <laughs> I'll probably do it just because it'll be fun to see uh to see Fowler do it. Plus what I say it was plus 8,000. Okay. Maybe there's something about the crowd. Maybe there's something about the atmosphere. You know, it's like I said, it's like a happy Gilmore type atmosphere with the crowd pumping everybody up and yelling and screaming that maybe Ricky Fowler feeds off of the crowd and has a good performance here. Like I said, he won the event in 2019. That's actually his last PGA Tour victory was uh, in the Phoenix Open in 2019. He did have a playoff loss in 2016. 
and a top four finish in 2017. So why not? Little Ricky Fowler action. Plus 8,000. Have some fun for Ricky to win uh, this event. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We got that golf going on this weekend. Obviously, Super Bowl. We still have some NBA and NHL stuff, and that brings me to some cross-sport parlays or, or prop bets. A lot of books are offering it. DraftKings has it as well. Cross sport parlays. And let's see. Um, DraftKings has a lot of basketball cross sport parlays. Uh, Here's, okay, here's the golf cross sport parlays. All right. What will be more? Cam Akers touchdowns or hole-in-ones at the Phoenix Open. It's even both ways. So will Cam Akers score more touchdowns than there will be hole-in-ones? We're probably going to get maybe one or... We're probably going to get one hole-in-one on the weekend. Maybe zero, but... Hmm. How about this? Joe Mixon rushing yards or John Rahm's first-round score? Now, this is interesting. Because John Rahm, if he has a good first round, could be scoring in the 60s. And Joe Mixon's rushing prop right now is at 62 and a half. So if you think that he's going to go below his rushing total, then you bet John Rahm's first round score. But if you think he goes over his rushing total, I mean, the worst that John Rahm's going to do is get 72, 74. I don't think he has a blow-up. He's probably going to shoot a 66, 67, 68. And if Joe Mixon gets 70 yards, he wins that. All right, how about this? Total touchdowns in the Super Bowl or John Rahm birdies in the first round? I'd go with the touchdowns because Rom, let's say he gets, I don't know. If he shoots a 68, so he's got four birdies, five birdies. I'm going to put him in for five. I'm going to put him in for four birdies. Maybe two on the front, two on the back. That's what I'll put him for. And so do we get four touchdowns in this game? Do we get five touchdowns in this game? How about... <laughs> Jordan Spieth first-round birdies or Matthew Stafford rushing yards? You got to go with Stafford rushing yards. So unless Jordan Spieth has six birdies in the first round, seven birdies in the first round, you got to go with Stafford rushing yards. Uh, Justin Thomas birdies or Joe Mixon receptions? You know, I think Justin Thomas could have four or five birdies in the first round. Joe Mixon probably does get three, four receptions. I might go with Thomas Birdies in that one. And how about Patrick Cantley Birdies or Odell Beckham Jr. receptions? See, Cantley probably less Birdies. I'd go with OBJ receptions because I think he gets like five or six. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S C O T T S O N A I R. That is a uh, fun golf football cross sport specials available on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can find uh, all these cross sport specials for hockey, for basketball, for soccer, and even for the MMA action here uh, on the UFC main event on Saturday night. Coming up next, though, how about a little injury report of what's going on in the Super Bowl plus kicking props? We know everybody loves them since there are so many people that want to bet on Evan McPherson to win the Super Bowl. It's not happening. But it was still fun to project. This is the look at here on VC. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares now to get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday. Wrangler for the ride of life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You know what's interesting is uh, the weather. You know, here in uh, Las Vegas, weather's been heating up. Uh, we'll get back down to cold, uh, I guess, next week. But this week, we're enjoying it. And this weekend, weather's going to be great. However, with the weather being great this week and this weekend, you know, in the 70s here in Las Vegas. In Southern California, there is going to be a spike this weekend. An excess heat watch has been issued for Southern California with temperatures close to 90 degrees starting Wednesday and going into the weekend. The temperature could be in the mid to upper 80s come game day. And it won't be the uh, hottest game. The hottest game was played on January uh, 14th, 1973 at the Coliseum in L.A. It was 84 degrees. That was the warmest Super Bowl. But not going to have to worry about it. The weather is not going to be a factor with SoFi Stadium. They'll have, uh, sure, they'll have, I guess, some of the uh, windows open, if you will, get a little air going in there, but the the weather will be fine. It's 
really not affected by the elements uh, in the, the indoor stadium or mostly indoor stadium there at SoFi. But I just find it interesting just how um, how warm it's going to be, especially when you consider how cold it is in a lot of this country. And uh, it's to see the, the, the images surrounding the Super Bowl, and it's going to be 90 degrees, 80-something degrees on Sunday. Oof. Going to be fun. Uh, you know what else is fun? Betting on the Super Bowl. And speaking of the elements, these kickers are not going to be affected by the elements. Because, like I said, it's an indoor stadium, pretty much. Not going to be affected by the elements. And a lot of people are very high on the kicking props for this game. Whether it's the longest field goal, whether it is the amount of points that each kicker is going to get, as well as people even sprinkling, to my dismay, uh, uh, Evan McPherson for the MVP. Earlier today on primetime action, Gil Alexander, uh, Matt Brown, and uh, they discussed the kicking props and their favorite kicking props for this Super Bowl. That I love the most for this particular matchup. I have already bet uh, in terms of the touchback, no on the touchback at plus money. We talked about it last night. I've already bet will a uh, extra point be missed. I laid juice on the no heavy juice. What about some others? Total field goals made. This is Evan McPherson, Matt Gay, anybody else who might happen to kick a field goal if there's an injury. Uh, total field goals made over one and a half. Well, as you might imagine, that's very highly priced. Minus 1,000. The unders plus 550 if there was only one field goal or fewer. Uh, two and a half. The overs at minus 250. The under still at plus 200. And then it gets uh, more into the the coin flippy range with three and a half. So that's really the dividing point. The over is a slight dog at plus 150, uh, plus 115 over three and a half combined field goals made under three and a half is minus 145. And then if you believe there's going to be a whole bunch over four and a half plus 280 over five and a half plus 650, does this interest you at all? It's this one is, is pretty interesting because I don't know if there's a game narrative that necessarily leads you to one way or another with this, right? Because, like, I still think that these offenses are going to move the ball up and down the field on each other, but do those drives end in field goals or do those drives end in touchdowns? Like, I can't really I can't really say one way or the other. Like, I think that they're not going to just get completely shut down. I think both of these teams move up and down the field. I know there's a lot of people who think that these teams are going to struggle for, for whatever reason. I'm not of that mindset here. Um, so... I don't, I just, it's hard for me to get to a point where I know like, oh, well, they're definitely going to, you know, be scoring touchdowns or they're definitely going to be kicking field goals or something like that. I mean, I guess if anything, I do lean at least a little bit, like you said, at that, at that slight plus 115 number on the, the over three and a half, strictly because we do know from a McPherson standpoint that he has all the confidence in the world from his coach. Uh-huh. Like, like he is not going to, if, if they're at the end of a, you know, if they're at the end of a half. Or if they're, you know, if, if it's like that borderline range where it's 53, 54, he's at least going to get a shot at it. Now, whether he makes it or not, you know, to be determined, but they're, they're not going to hesitate, especially in this. Another thing to realize is they were doing this with him in suboptimal conditions, right? I right. mean, like that's like th- they were trotting him out for these 50 plus yarders where these games were in 
Tennessee when it was it was actually cold in Tennessee. You know, it's cold. It, it's cold in these other places. Outdoor conditions. It wasn't necessarily perfect. Like this is going to be perfect conditions, right? They're in the giant carport over there at SoFi. So we're getting like we're, we're getting you know even better for him. So it wouldn't surprise me if they let him go from 54, 55 in in certain opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I, if anything, it's sort of a lean towards that over on the three and a half, just because I think that they're not going to hesitate about about giving him the opportunities. I mean, I know this is obvious to those who have thought about each game by game, but Evan McPherson is 12 for 12 on field goals in the postseason alone. It's like mind-boggling. The record is 14 made field goals, I believe, Adam Vinatieri back in the day, and Evan McPherson very aware of that record. He has an old Adam Vinatieri souvenir ball on his, uh, at his home. Um, but 12 for 12, he's 4 for 4 each of the three playoff games thus far, also 4 for 4 on uh, extra points. Why don't we try this a different way? This is from our uh, good friends at PointsBet. I don't actually know them. I'm not mm -hmm. good friends with them, but it's something you say. Uh, total points scored by the kicker, so not the field goals now, just talking about points. Both set at seven and a half, so two field goals made and two extra points, three field goals, however you want to get there, eight extra points, however it works. Uh, over seven and a half on Evan McPherson is at minus 135. Matt Gay uh, juiced to the over, but not quite as much, minus 120 on the over seven and a half. And then you see the plus numbers up there as well. One thing I would like to point out and like, don't, if you are a veteran of doing this, don't sit there and laugh and say, what are you doing? Now, listen, there are a lot of people who are betting this stuff for the first time. This is not fantasy scoring. This is actual points scored right. in the game. So like a 40 yarder doesn't, isn't worth four points and a 50 yarder isn't worth five <laughs> points. Like you get in fantasy football. We're right. Saying. And, and yeah. so, you know, I, because there might be some people who don't, who don't know, you know, who don't, who don't get it. So this is just a field goal's worth three, no matter what. If he makes it from 75, it's still worth three. And, a, and an extra point's worth one, obviously. So Worth pointing out. I wouldn't have thought to point that out. Worth pointing out for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there are people who fantasy. might be yep. looking at this prop for the first time ever in their whole life, you know. And it's, just, it's, just, it's not fantasy scoring. It's just actual points scored. That was the crew on primetime action talking about the kicking props. Uh, do like their where their heads are at with a lot of these. And as far as the elements, yeah, there are there's there's very there's going to be a little bit of a breeze, but that's about it. You know, SoFi Stadium is open air. You know, it does have it's got a roof, but it's got you know the openness on the ends, so like the wind does come in. But it's going to be eighty something degrees, and and it'll be hot. It'll be. Uh, it, it'll not have any effect on the kickers. As far as the, the temperature, though, with the excess heat watch, so it isn't air-conditioned, the stadium, but it is climatized. What that means is uh, the roof has openable panels that both reflect heat and induce airflow. So the way that the stadium is designed, those panels can open up, and that'll, you know, force some air in uh, to the to the stadium. So I don't think that the heat is going to be a factor. Plus, once the sun goes down, uh, I think they're going to be okay uh, there in SoCal. For the kickers, I'm going to be on the longest field goal being made over 47 and a half for either, you know, for either kicker. I don't think I'm going to do any of the total points for McPherson or for Matt Gay. I think I'm just going to do the, total, the over on the longest field goal because I do think that someone's going to kick a long one, more likely McPherson than Gay, and they could send them out there 
like uh, Matt Brown said, you know, at the end of the half, maybe, or something, a chance for over a 55-yard or something like that. We know that he's got the leg to do it. And I think that there could be a situation where it comes down to a, a, a gut decision where the drive stalls out at the 35-yard line, 37-yard line, and you got to decide, are you going for it on fourth down or do you attempt a 53-yarder, 54-yarder? And I think that they might keep it conservative and go with the 53-yarder and just take the points instead of going for it on fourth down and risking turning the football over on downs. Speaking of uh, more about the big game, the injuries are a big part of this. Both teams dealing with issues to their tight ends. We'll talk about that coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. When it comes to the big game, injuries uh, could obviously play a factor. We know that both teams' tight ends are dealing with and dealing with injuries. And when it comes to the injury reports, the uh, Rams named what nine players, I think, on their report, and the Bengals, CJ Uzama, was on theirs, and. Daryl Henderson on uh, Tyler Higby. So the tight ends really, Tyler Higby had an um, MCL sprain that he suffered in the game against the 49ers. And Uzama suffered the same thing, a sprained MCL in their championship game. And Uzama, you know, said that he's not missing this game at all. Like he, he is really pumped up. He is fired up. Uh, he said at their pep rally, you know, he's not missing this game. But I don't know how much he's going to practice. I don't know how big of a role he's going to play. Same thing for Tyler Higby. Uh, ESPN injury analyst expert Stefania Bell joined uh, Stormy earlier on My Guys in the Desert to address the injury situation here for the big game. So let's get into some of these injuries, starting with the Bengals. Tight end C.J. Uzoma uh, carted off early in the AFC Championship game two weeks ago with that MCL sprain. Didn't practice last week. Um, you know, with regards to how you feel about this, he said to reporters he's not going to miss the biggest game of his career. In terms of his usage, how much can you trust him to be used the way that he has in the past? So here's the thing. I think C.J. Uzoma, uh, look, when he got carted off, we thought it was for sure done for the season. It, it looked bad. But then they found out that the injury wasn't quite as severe as it may have appeared in the first place. And that's always a positive. You know, the extra week of rest gave him a little more chance to recover. The problem with MCL sprains, and they're, they're all around, they're kind of the key injury for players on both sides of this game, 
is that it really inhibits lateral movement, but just overall knee stability. And when you don't have confidence in your knee, you know you're at greater risk for an injury. The way I interpret it as it stands now is that they're calling him day-to-day. -day. He insists he's going to play. And while I think he'll be active, I'm just not sure he's going to have a huge role. You know, th this is often, let's see how it goes once he gets on the field. But I have a feeling it will be spotty play for him because it's just really hard to get 100% in the short time that he's had. No doubt. And that's great information because obviously on the other side of the football field, Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end, dealing with the same injury. But we've heard, I mean, less optimism with regards to him than we have with Uzoma. Right. And I was at that game uh, when he was injured. And even seeing it from a distance, he looked to be in great discomfort. And that was really, uh, you know, a big blow for the Rams because he's been such a threat in the red zone. And uh, you're right, they, they, the, the tone is more uh, somber when it comes to Higby's status. And I think Sean McVay used the words, they were going to do everything in their power to make him available to play. But I probably have even less confidence in his ability to take the field. And if he does, uh, it would be decoy role at best, I'm afraid. Well, Kendall Blanton, after Higby went down, stepped up in that role. I think it was 56 yards that he had to close out that game. Had a touchdown the game prior as well this postseason. Does he seem like somebody you think that could be poised for a, a bigger role then? I know that they like to spread the ball around, but still utilizing the tight end position? I think out of necessity, in terms of volume of snaps, probably so. But I doubt, uh, you know, I wouldn't be looking at him as a huge target um, for pass catching. He's just not the same player that Tyler Higby is. So uh, they certainly want to have, they, they love having their big tight ends as a physical presence out there. But I think the role of Tyler Higby, it's not that easy to just plug and play as a replacement. I mean, Glenn was forced into being an every down tight end. And that's just not his usual role. So I think given the um, the forced adjustment within such a short time frame, I just don't see it changing that much. If he'd had multiple weeks during the season, maybe so. But I, I don't think so. And, well, Kendall Blanton, anytime touchdown scorer, plus 230, plus 1,600 to be the first touchdown scorer of the game. And that did happen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in the playoffs when Kendall Blanton did catch the first touchdown of the game from Matthew Stafford. And yeah, he did have a big role in that NFC Championship game once Tyler Higby won out. Matthew Stafford went to him a bunch of times. And no, he's not the same player that Tyler Higby is. But you got to believe that maybe there's some confidence that was built up between Matthew Stafford and... Kendall Blaine in that game, and perhaps he goes to him again here for uh, this one. Uh, also earlier on, my guys in the desert, Stormy had Johnny Avello on from DraftKings, and they talked about a prop bet that we've brought up a couple of times here on the show. Very interesting. It kind of correlates to my favorite prop bet of will there be a successful two-point conversion, although this one slightly different, and a much higher payout. But you guys also get in on some of the, the fun, more interesting props as well. Saw you guys added the Gatorade odds, which people 
absolutely love to bet. Uh, which color has been the most popular on your guys' end? Well, we have the clear to favorite, uh, but I think more people have been tending to go with the orange or the blue. And you know the reason for that, right? Orange Bengals, blue Rams. Uh, you know, maybe uh, if the team wins, that's the color they'll use. I have no idea, Normian. The team, I, don't, I don't even know how the team came up with a little research and put it together. I got to tell you, I strongly disagree with the orange and blue. Only three teams historically that have won have dumped their own team color on their coach. I, I, are you surprised to know that I did research on this, Johnny? Good job, Stormy. I'm putting you to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's the little things. Well, another thing that people really love to bet is the coin toss. And is this usually a pretty even split with people betting heads or tails? Or is there one that you've seen be kind of a dominant flip pick for people? I've had guys bet, you know, huge five figures on this bet. Stop. And I said, well, guy, why did you bet it? He said, because uh, I'm laying the least amount of juice and... I don't know who's going to win the game, so let me get it over early, win or lose. So that's the way, that's the way some betters look at it. That's crazy to me that you're putting that much on a 50-50 shot. No research, no nothing. You just pick a side. Exactly. And lay low juice. Ay, ay, ay. Well, you also have a prop that I, I need some explanation for. It's called an octopus. Can you give me the lowdown? Yeah. yeah, so the octopus is the guy that scores the touchdown and then makes the two-point conversion uh, following. That's the octopus. Uh, we had that up at 14 to 1, yes. Uh, minus 2,500, no. Uh, that's going to that's gonna draw a little bit of action to plus. So if it happens, you can, you can chalk that up as a loser for us. Yeah, and uh, you can get better odds. I mean, here at Circa, I think it's plus 1,500, the octopus, and it's worded a little differently, obviously. It's just, will the same player have eight points on a single drive. So will the same player score a touchdown and then get the ensuing two-point conversion? I might sprinkle a little bit on this. I mean, I'm already on, yes, there will be a successful two-point conversion. So why can't it be the same player that scored the touchdown? It's happened before in games, not so much Super Bowls maybe, but I'm going to take a shot at it at plus 1,500. Could be a fun little sprinkle to kind of correlate with my will there be a successful two-point conversion play in this game. Because I do think we do have it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on it, so why not have a little more fun with the plus 1,500 on the octopus for this game. Uh, we'll continue throughout the week getting into all the props for the games as we finalize the portfolio. I think right now I'm at one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven props I'm in on. And I'm in on five players for the MVP. And the over of the game. So <laughs> I'm going to have a extensive portfolio when it comes to this game on Sunday. And we'll share it all with you throughout the week as we lead up to the big game. Uh, coming up next, the favorites in the NBA have absolutely dominated over the past four days at a historic rate. Will it continue on Wednesday? And if it doesn't, which underdogs spoil the party for all of us who have been cashing on this trend? This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Join our own Stormy Blood and Tony on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Maiulo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blondale, specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books, and learn from these bookmaking experts. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, Olympic hockey, Team USA will uh, begin their quest for a medal on, I believe it is on Thursday at 8 10 a.m. Eastern time against China. The United States is a two laying two and a half goals on the puck line against China. I think Chris Chelios' kid plays for China, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, so that's going to be going on. Uh, we got um, Canada's first game is Thursday, same time, 8, 10 a.m. Eastern time against Germany. Um, Russia is the favorite to take home a medal. I mean, to take home gold, uh, but we'll see what the U.S. can do. Bunch of college studs and... Maybe some high draft picks for the Canadian team, and it'll be fun to watch. Would have been more fun if we had gotten to know some of these players watching the World Juniors. Uh, but, hey, with no NHL participation, this is all we got right now. Uh, on the NHL scoreboard on Tuesday, underdogs were really, really good. Senators won as an underdog against the Hurricanes. Penguins won as a dog against the Bruins. Blue Jackets won as a dog against the Capitals. Jets as a dog against the Wild. The Golden Knights beat the Oilers, and the Devils beat the Canadiens. Both those games were kind of even both ways. No, you know, you could have gotten both Devils. You could have gotten both teams at minus money. You could have got Devils at small plus money. So I really knocked those out, kind of like a a pick them. But technically, if you're looking at where they went off, uh, underdogs five and two. The only upsets were... The uh, Senators, uh, excuse me, the um, the upsets were the Senators, Blue Jackets, Jets, Penguins, and the Golden Knights. Overs went five and two on the day. 
Let's take a look at what the schedule looks like for Wednesday. Oh, and speaking of that Senators win over the Hurricanes, that is a loss, the first loss of the second half of the season for the heavy road favorite trend. And uh, that is road favorites in the NHL of minus 200 or greater. This season are now 40 and 8 straight up with this loss on Tuesday. On Wednesday, there is no heavy road favorite. Here's what we have on the schedule. You got the Flyers hosting the Red Wings, Philly minus 110. Dallas hosting the Predators, Stars are minus 120. The Oilers uh, coming off the loss to the Golden Knights, play the second out of a back-to-back. They are at home against the Blackhawks. They are minus 200. Vegas, second out of a back-to-back. They will be in Calgary. The Flames are minus 140. The Coyotes will play the second out of a back-to-back. They are in Seattle against the Kraken. The Kraken are minus 280, highest favorite on the board. And then the Islanders are at the Canucks, and the Isles are minus 120. Uh, So we'll see how some of those favorites do in the NHL or if the dogs will rule once again. I'll tell you what, though, in the NBA, the dogs haven't been barking in quite some time. Since the weekend started, since Saturday, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, favorites have dominated in the NBA. Absolutely dominated. On Tuesday, favorites went 9-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread. And the only underdog that won was the Phoenix Suns, who were plus one and a half against the 76ers. And the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA, the best record in the NBA, and I don't ever look at them as an underdog. Nine and one, both straight up and against the spread. So going back to Saturday, the last four days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, NBA favorites, 25-3-1 against the spread. 25-3-1 ATS. The only upsets during this run, like outright upsets, because they're 27-2 straight up, were the Suns, as I mentioned, who are plus one and a half, and the Mavericks on Sunday were also plus one and a half. So those games were like coin flip games because of how close those spreads were. So when we've seen the past four days, a favorite that's obviously more than uh, one and a half points, they've won and covered. It's been an incredible run for the favorites. So will it continue here on Wednesday? This is what your schedule looks like. The Spurs will visit the Cavs. The Cleveland Cavaliers are favored by six. Karis LeVert is scheduled to make his Cavs debut in this game. I'm on the Cavs. I think with LeVert, he has a big impact, and they will win this game and cover this game. The Bulls are minus one at the Hornets. Uh, I lean Chicago just because I'm a Chicago backer, but, um, you know, Hornets are tough. So no real read on that one just yet, and, hey, makes sense. That game is pretty much a pick there with the Bulls as minus one favorites. You have the Raptors at the Thunder. Toronto is nine and a half point favorites. 
OKC is one of the top teams in the NBA covering the spread, but they just don't win these games. Uh, so we'll see what the Raptors are able to do. You got the Warriors at the Jazz, and right now the Jazz are a three-point favorite. Always have to wait when it comes to the Warriors and the Jazz and find out what's going on with injuries and who's playing, who's in, who's out. Lakers will be at the Blazers. There's no line open yet for this game, but as the second night of a back-to-back for both of these teams, as the Blazers lost at home to the Magic, the Lakers losing at home to the Bucks. I got to believe the Lakers win just because the Blazers have to be, I mean, they're in sell mode. They trade C.J. McCollum, and I don't think that a lot of the players there kind of agree with that trade, and this team was dead in the water here on uh, Tuesday. I got to feel like it's going to be the same here on Wednesday. And then the Timberwolves are at the Kings, uh, a rematch of a game that we just saw here on Tuesday night where the uh, Timberwolves uh, beat the Kings 134 to 114. Uh, I don't know if DeMontis Sabonis will um, make his debut in that game. Haven't seen anything about that um, as, you know, he gets traded from the Pacers to the uh, Sacramento Kings. So don't know if we're going to have, um, if we're going to have Sabonis in this game. If he doesn't play, I mean, the results are probably going to be the same as what we saw here on Tuesday, right? I mean, this is a shorthanded Kings team that is, you know, after the trade deadline. And speaking of the trade deadline, I wonder if the Lakers are going to make a move. Don't you feel like they have to? I mean, they, they, this team wants to win an NBA title. They just played the defending champs, and they were down by 30. Like, the Bucks, even without Brooke Lopez, who's such a huge piece of their puzzle, like, just destroyed the Lakers. Russell Westbrook stinks. I don't know if there's a team out there that wants Westbrook or that would trade anybody to get Russell Westbrook for as bad as he's been. That was the dumbest trade that I've ever seen when the Lakers acquired him. It made absolutely no sense. And I don't know what they're going to do, but hey, if they acquire somebody, good for them. I think they do need to make a move. But I think my favorite play is going to be the Cavs minus six against the Spurs. And I do expect a good performance from Karis LeVert in his Cleveland debut. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 8.15 a.m. Eastern time, Frank B., professional handicapper. Uh, 8.45 a.m., Johnny Avello from DraftKings. We just heard from him. He will join the program at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Dick Vermeil, former coach, of course, uh, Rams coach, will join the program Ed Orgeron, former LSU and Ole Miss head coach. Coach O will join the program. And Sal Powell, Sal Powell Antonio from ESPN at 9.45 a.m. Eastern time. All coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg. I'm on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.